Hello, my friends, and welcome back to When Autumn Comes. I am really excited to be back. It is a new year, and we are kicking some butt and, you know, launching into a full year as not just a podcast, but a nonprofit. In case you missed the memo, let me quickly catch you up that When Autumn Comes is now a program of the Apricity Hope Project. I can give you the whole long and short definitions of what the Apricity Hope Project is, but I'm going to quickly tell you it is a way that I can continue to care for all of you, all of the caregivers in this community. And I'm really, really excited about it. I've done a lot of projects in my life. I mean, I've owned a restaurant. I had a wedding planning business. I've done blogging and writing and a TEDx talk. I've done a lot of things. But this one, this nonprofit really, really excites me. And yeah, I, I just, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're doing this with me. So thank you. Today, we are with my dear friend, Jen. She is a fellow mama. She has the most magical, amazing, uh, I think on her podcast, she says, messy and magical, probably. I don't know. She is just wonderful. And I think because you like me, you will probably like her because she talks a lot and is a little quirky like me. And she is wonderful. I do have some really exciting news. I do hope you love Jen because Jen has decided that she is going to fly from California to the East Coast to be part of our first When Autumn Comes, Apricity Hope retreat for caregiving mamas like you. This retreat is going to be taking place in September, and we are opening the application process March 1st. As part of the Apricity Hope Project, Jen is going to be our keynote speaker. She's going to be joining me as we bring connection, hope, and light and restoration to our community. This is not going to necessarily be a retreat where you go and you learn a million things. This is going to be a retreat where you go, you connect, and you relax at the beach. So pencil March 1st in so that you can remember, set set an alarm on your phone to remember to check the Apricity Hope website and social media so that you can apply for this. And yeah, hopefully we will be hanging out with you at the beach in September. Now, back to the show because you guys have to meet Jen and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, I'm Susan and this is When Autumn Comes. Look, sometimes life just looks a little different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and the people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into her eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the caregivers who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. 
We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it can feel like four seasons in one day. We are here to help you share your story, let you laugh, let you cry, let you learn and let you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. When Autumn Comes podcast is a program of the Apricity Hope Project, a nonprofit organization created to empower, encourage, and restore caregivers of medically complex and special needs children. You can learn more about our project at apricityhope.org. Hi, guys, and welcome to, do you like that podcast voice? Welcome to When Autumn Comes. It is quite a day. I am sitting here with a fellow mama special needs podcaster, and I'm very excited because she is sitting in her closet right now. (laughs) I am. Because our podcasting life is just so glamorous. So glamorous. (laughs) Uh, Welcome, Jen. Uh, Jen, actually, and we'll talk more about this at the end, but she has her own podcast called For Our Special Kids, and I was actually a guest on her show a couple months ago, so head over there and listen. We'll link that in the show notes, too. But Jen, welcome to When Autumn Comes. Thank you for having me. So exciting. And yes, I am in my closet currently because there is construction going outside of my office, which, yep, mm-hmm, you just adjust. We just we roll just, with it. We're medical and special needs yeah. moms. We just roll. Which mama doesn't? I mean, truly, which mama I, that you I ever know doesn't just be like, well, all right, I'll figure it out somehow. I'll go. I, I mean, I, I don't know what typical moms do because I don't have any of, I mean, I have friends, but I, I just know our community. Anyway. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and why you're here? Yes, I would love to. So the only number one reason that I'm here is my daughter's presence in my world. I mean, Teal is a rock star, just like every one of these moms listening or whomever that's listening. We all know that our kids are rock stars. And so I have a six-year-old. She turned six in Paris, the lucky little bug. Oh, she's living her best she life. Is living, she rode so many carousels in Paris. It was great. But so I have one child. So you, you talk about not having, not understanding what a normal mm-hmm. life is. I don't. I don't have a neurotypical child to compare my daughter against or to, to do any of that. But so she is um, amazing. She's six. She is verbal-ish. We've coined that term together. She is verbal-ish. She's walking on her knees. <laughs> so she's cruising. And she is heading into first grade, and she's just the most magnificent human being that has caused me to raise my vibration. I don't think you've said her name yet. Teal. Teal. Teal Honoré. Mm-hmm. And what does Teal love right now other than spending her sixth birthday in Paris? <laughs> what is she into? Yeah, food and people. Let's just Let's just be honest. This kid has, like the craziest appetite. Now, she's not on a feeding tube, right? So she is really, if you didn't, if you looked at her, you wouldn't know that she had special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so she loves food and people. Really, truly, those are the biggest things. So she eats everything under the sun when it comes to crazy, like adult things like sushi and pate. And so she loves baby girls, baby dolls. She loves her friends. I mean, really, it comes down to people or anything that represents a person. Truly. She connects with every single person that she meets. Teal has a way about her that, I'm not joking, Susan, two of the waiters in Paris cried when meeting her. Cried? Mm -hmm. What? 
that, I mean, she, she just is like a very unique individual. She's rare. She doesn't have a rare disease, but she's rare. Let's just be honest. Yeah. When uh, we first started speaking, um, Lorelai and Teal mm-hmm. are very, very similar. I always thought Lorelai was magical, and she has proven that to me after she's crossed over to heaven. And I am pretty sure that Lorelai and Teal, if they're not hanging out right now, they would have been the best of friends because they just both sound like they just bring people in and people feel so many things from these girls. I'm getting shivers as you're talking about her. Teal is exactly what you just described. She is a magnet to energy, to people. She looks deep into your soul and makes you feel seen. Mm-hmm. We realized that when traveling. I specifically realized that when traveling, that with COVID, we hadn't traveled. And we we take Teal lots of places. She's not immune compromised. So, you know, we can take her places. So before COVID, she had been to 13 countries and many, many you know, days. But I used to travel for my business, like internationally. I do business and then we just would tack on some family time. So we just realized that we can't selfishly keep her here anymore. I have to let her go explore the world because the world needs her. Teal is incredibly intuitive. She is telepathic. She is a healer. She's healed people in front of my eyes. She is a unique soul that the world needs exposure to. So let's let's take a pause here because my listeners are probably like, wait, that just took a crazy plot twist. You have a magical daughter. When I say Lorelai is magical, she in my soul is magical. Your daughter. So tell us how you figured out that Teal was such an intuitive healing soul. I would say, I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I was contemplating how did I first know? We knew that Teal was different about four hours into her existence in this world. Um, different as in just diff- medical needs? Nope. or oh, my apologies. Okay. Um, different in terms of energetically. So okay. we had nurses coming in to just look at her in the NICU. They just would raise up the blanket and look at her. And I'm like, hi, are you a new nurse? And she's like, oh, no, no. I just came because I heard about your daughter and I would like to see her. And that's when you just go, okay. I mean, I was in NICU coma land, right? Like we all were Mm -hmm. at at some point in our existence. And so when I look back on it, it was from then. I mean, it was from the beginning. But it really started happening after a diagnosis. Like when we heard the diagnosis, which we don't talk about and we just don't, we don't Mm -hmm. label her. I just outside of labels like magical and intuitive. (laughs) I don't don't label her when it comes to a diagnosis. But any well, and that's fair too, because you don't want to put her in a box. Like I totally get that. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And it's not necessary for most people then to know that, you know, whatever. But anyway, so after the diagnosis, I had already started incorporating essential oils into our world to like get the toxins out of our house and just start being healthier. But then I realized we were gonna have to start doing a lot more medical stuff, a lot more therapies, a lot more, you know, OT, PT, speech, all of these things. And I looked at her and I said, you know, Teal, I promise you that I will also let you have energy healers. And I promise you that I will let you work with Reiki and body talk and crystals. And I'm going to try to keep it balanced, right? So that you have as much medical stuff that you have the equivalent energy healing stuff. 
because I was always into that and I wanted I wanted her to be. So that's when we started getting hits from other people. Healers would say, I have never felt a child like this. I have never experienced a child that vibrates at her level. I had one teacher who connected with Teal energetically and said, so, you know, we're intuitive and we're psychics and we we run about five to six hundred on the scale of like zero to a thousand. And she said, you know, Teal runs at like nine hundred and fifty. And that's when it just hit me like, whoa, hold on. So I really started opening my eyes and looking at her differently. I was always intuitive, not necessarily raised to be intuitive, right? We weren't the woo, mm -hmm. woo woo family being like, oh, I see the future. No, none of that. But my mother would say things like, you'll just know when the time is right, Jen. And we're all intuitive. Every single one right. of us is intuitive. It's well, there's that mom gut that we all have that, you know, absolutely, you know, something's off or, you know, your kid needs X, Y, Z. Like I could tell Laurel I was going to vomit and I didn't know how I knew that, but I could know go from the kitchen to the den with a red solo cup because the kid is about to puke. Yes. No, that's exactly it. But we don't label it as intuition. Right. Mm -hmm. We say, oh, I just knew. And so I don't want people listening thinking, oh, my God, Susan is interviewing a complete whack job because every well, you can think that because I actually <laughs> I mean, I actually kind of am a whack job. But um, it's by the way, that's a horrible phrase. Jeez Louise. But I am I am different. I am a little weird. But if we would all just start talking more openly about, you know, yes, your mom gut is your intuition when you have a ringing in your ears there may be a message coming through if you just pause and say, hmm, I hear you ringing. And that's it. You don't have to sit there and meditate and say, oh, what's the message? No, mm -mm. but we're all intuitive. And so you know, just kind of bring you back to the question of how did I know is I always knew. And yet when I started getting energy healers to confirm things, my world just exploded, truthfully, Susan, just exploded. Mm -hmm. Was your husband Along the same lines, did he is he able to kind of connect with Teal the same way that you are? He has a very different relationship with her. He is incredibly intuitive, but he wouldn't ever label it that way. Uh, so okay. I do believe that our children choose us. Lorelai and Benji chose you and your husband and Teal chose Alex and me. And so mm -hmm. she wouldn't have come in to this world without having both of us be very open to a very woo-woo life. Mm -hmm. um, the first time, can I tell this story? Oh my God, it's so fun. So sure. So I figured out when I would put her to sleep at night, there'd be certain nights that she just would not go to sleep. And we've all had that, right? Where you're like, what is wrong with this kid? Mm -hmm. She should be tired. Rocking her, what's going on? And I noticed that she was looking behind our chair, like behind my rocking chair, just like staring behind the rocking chair. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, okay. And all of a sudden it hit me. There are spirits in this room that I can't see. And it was like 45 minutes, by the way. She normally is out in like 10 to 15. So at tops. Well, I had been rocking her for 45 minutes. And finally, I know your listeners are going to freak out. I said out loud, visiting hours are over. Every single one of you needs to get out of this room and let my daughter sleep. You know what Teal did? 
She waved into the corner of the Uh. room. She waved into the corner of the room. And within, I am not kidding, within 90 seconds, that kid was asleep. You know, whether people are intuitive or not tonight, everybody's going to be going, I don't care who you are. But if you are a spirit in this room, I need you to live because I need my kid to go the heck to sleep. I'm not kidding, you guys. These kids, all of these kids are magical. They wouldn't come in with medical issues if they weren't going to be magical because the world just doesn't work like that. Like these kids have these issues, but guess what? They have to be magical to have these issues because it's the only way that the universe can balance itself out, I think. But anywho, Mm -hmm. I came down and I told my husband, you were asking about Alex. Yeah. I came down and I told him. And he was like, oh, okay, weirdo. <laughs> I mean, that's the look that he gave me. He didn't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And I, a couple of weeks later, he was up in her room putting her to sleep and it took forever. And he came down and was like, whoop, that took a while. He said, yeah, I finally had to just tell the spirits to leave. Love that. And I said, I said, are you kidding me? You did it? And he was like, yeah. I said, how long did it take her to go to sleep? And he's like, eh, three to four minutes. I said, it's because you're way nicer than me. Because he was probably like, okay, you guys, can you guys leave, please? I'd really like you to leave. I was like, visit you you're over, get in this bathroom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Try it. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, I have heard you tell this story. But Teal and you communicate telepathically is the way you have mentioned it to me. Yeah. A lot of my listeners have verbal-ish or nonverbal children. Mm. And again, I didn't realize until after Lorelai passed just how strong of a bond and communication we had. And then I was left with, quote unquote, just Benji. It's not just Benji, but Benji is not my magical one. He and I communicate very differently. How can you describe how you and Teal communicate? Yeah. So I used to think that telepathy meant that you would hear the words coming from somebody else in your head. That's what I thought it was. And so when we saw a woman named Brooke and she she was working on her and she looks up at me and she says, you know, Teal's telepathic. And I was like, uh, okay, right. I, but I hadn't put, I put some things together prior mm-hmm. to this. So she was the first person to say, and I thought she was literally hearing Teal's words come out of her mouth you know, whatever, energetically, and then into her head. And that's not how it works. It's not how it works for me. So I have knowings. I will know something about Teal. And I don't have any understanding of where that message comes from. Okay, that's what it used to be. So she was four months old. She was crying. She hardly ever cries. Alex was holding her. And all of a sudden I said, put a hat on her. And we were inside, mind you. Put a hat on her. And he's like, what? I said, I don't know. She just wants a hat. Just put a hat on her. Not kidding. Put a hat on her. Stopped crying. He's like, how did you know that? I said, I don't know. Now, most people would say that's mom's intuition. But Mm -hmm. I like to give a lot more credit to our children. That was her sending me a message. Yes, I was open to it. Yes, I was present enough. My heart was open for her and so that she knew she could send that little energy packet of information to me and I would get it. So once Mm -hmm. I started paying more attention to the knowings, that's how I realized that she talks to me that way. It does not happen all the time, Susan. It's not like she and I just like have these conversations over. Great conversations. No, but um, 
when I hugged her a few days ago, she gave, she gives the best hugs. Goodness gracious, she gave me this hug. And the first thing I always think of is, oh my God, she's healing me. Something's wrong. That's the first thing that I think of. I got to get that out of my head. But the second thing is she said to me, see me. See me. That yeah. was a big one. And I sat with it for a while and I said, okay, I hear you. I hear you. And I verbally will say it out loud to her. I, I sometimes mm -hmm. send it back energetically to her, but I think it gives me comfort when I, when I acknowledge it verbally back to her. And I sat with that. And then a couple days later, I went and I wrote some of the most beautiful words about what I thought she meant of what is see me. And when we're living these lives of go, 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 next therapy, next nurse, next feeding, which therapy are we going to try next? Which magic bullet am I hoping for? Which, which internet site am I going to find some new nugget of information to try on Teal, right? To get her to talk, to get her to walk, to get her to be more. And it hit me, am I seeing her or am I trying to fix her? And I think she was telling me, mama, it's all fine and dandy that we do these therapies, but I want you to also know that I'm just fine just the way I am. And I think it is a battle that every single one of our, us as mamas yeah. deal with. Yeah. Because the rat race to keep going is just so strong and we don't have an option to take a break. And I think like... I hear you say that and I get the chills and, you know, this message that she has passed on to you, you are able to now pass on to so many others and say, moms, like you guys, you guys are doing a great job. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely doing a great job. You are doing everything to keep your child safe and healthy. But don't forget to see me. Don't forget to, in Lorelai's case, have a dance party with me. Don't forget to do the little things that PT matters, but so does a troll's dance party. So does a giggle fest. Exactly. I, I'm getting shivers all up and down my body, which, okay, just to go intuitive, that's another sign, right? When you guys, if you're listening, mamas, when you get those shivers, you know you're on the right track. Something is right. If you're sitting there contemplating, or in my case, I will say sometimes when I get shivers, I'm like, "Ooh, something's not right. But like you have to question the more you get these these feelings, just like the mom gut that non woo woo moms partake in, like you get that feeling of that room's a little too quiet. Like, you know that that's when something's not right or when you're in the kitchen and you know the feeling of joy coming from that other room, like you can just, you start to like navigate this stuff. Yeah. It's almost like see yourself too. Maybe Tia was telling me that too. It's like, see you. See you. See you, mom. Like you, you got this. You know, I, I often, like I can sit here and talk about my kids all day, every day and how magical they are. And I'm not trying to sound full of myself right now, but I'm about to. <laughs> you go, you go. I, I also step back and I think, like, if Lorelai and Benji signed up for me, that means I signed up for this. And, you know, maybe to my mom, I'm magical. And, you know, I, I think so highly of Lorelai. 
that if I had a fraction of that towards myself, I just, I don't know, you know, like there's, as a mom, I'm trying to juggle work and life and self-care and depression and anxiety and, and grief and grief, so much freaking grief. You know, like if I had a fraction of the feeling that I had about Lorelai towards myself, like where would I be in life? A rhetorical question. <laughs> You're like, well, let me tell you where you'd be. Hold on. Let me look into the, yeah, let me get, no, <laughs> I will not do that for you right now. That's called a reading and we can do that later. <laughs> I, not kidding, but kidding. It is a really, a really good question to ask is where is my own magic? And I will say you being, you doing this podcast is starting to shine the light on you as a magical person because you're highlighting beautiful people. And as a result of doing that, you have to be a beautiful person to attract beautiful people. You have to be, you have to have some magic in your world to attract magic. Lorelai would never have chosen you. Benji never would have chosen you if you didn't have your own magic. And each mm -hmm. one of you listening has your own magic. You just got to highlight it. And again, if you're not down the woo-woo path, you can use the word talent, passion, etc. in place of magic. Yes. Like we all have our skills. And I look at my husband and I being the caregivers for these two children. Michael and I are nothing. We're a little alike, but we're nothing alike as far as the way our brains work. And he is very black and white and how things work. And I am like, this is how I feel. This is what we're going to do because I feel this way. And I think that that helps balance things out so much. And not to say, I mean, I am far more magical than he is, but <laughs> he has his own passions and talents. <laughs> and I have my own passions and talents. And they merge together really well to take care of these two complicated children. Yes. And my husband is in finance. Um, you know, my husband's an engineer, yeah. you know, mechanical stuff. Exactly. You know, but <laughs> but I, I don't think Teal could have been could have come into a world that was just all me because holy geez, Louise. I mean, <laughs> nobody needs all me. I mean, let's just say I have a hard enough time in my head sometimes dealing with me. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing in there. I mean, really. So I want to ask you a couple things. One, you mentioned you were kind of in this world a little bit before you had Teal. And I think it's a really cool point to say, not only do I want to give you PT, OT, ST, but I want to give you these other options. And for someone who's not in the intuitive world, that may be things like music therapy or equine therapy or things like that. So, I mean, there are definitely different options, but if somebody wanted to kind of dabble into looking up different intuitive options, what would you recommend for families with special needs children? Yeah, uh, hilarious. The first thing that I want to say is, okay, go check out For Our Special Kids podcast, because that was one of my big issues, Susan, was I feel like when you start doing research on anything, you find yourself going into like never, never land of the pigeonhole, you know, whatever. And you spend 400 hours going, I don't know if that's for me or not. So the podcast for our special kids is truly 30 to 50 minute snippets. And some of it is just about crystals or some of it is about intuitive parenting and how to use your clairs. 
And it's little bite-sized pieces of information that you can listen to and say, oh, okay, I do want to contact that practitioner or I do want to go do a Google search on that and see what's in my area for crystal shops. Or I want to see who's a Reiki master in my area because energy healing is fascinating, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. The other thing is follow your child's lead. And what I mean by that is people will come into your life that all of a sudden you will meet a Reiki master. And that's probably not you attracting that. It's probably your child. And so follow it. Ask questions. Hey, have you ever worked with children with special needs? You know, ask questions, learn a little bit, dabble, have fun, see what you're drawn to. For me, I've always been drawn to like energy and, um, you know, it's just me. But people can be really intimidated by the the whole woo-woo world. And I don't even like saying that anymore because I think it just needs to become part of what we do. Right. No one says, oh, you do occupational therapy. That's strange. No one says that. So why would it be weird to go to Reiki? You know, and doctors are starting to talk about these things. Doctors are starting to say we all need to have more balance and not just on the physical side that we do need to have balance on the energetic side as well. So, um, well, and I know our hospital is starting to offer if you want essential oils or if you want music therapy or if you want acupuncture. Yeah. It's not necessarily offered straight up, but if you ask about that, I mean, essential oils, I love the smells. I use them just almost as a perfume that's healthy. I personally don't believe that there's an essential oil that is going to cure mitochondrial disease. there's not. But you never know. There's not. Um, There's not. Let me me just tell you. There's not. (laughs) There's not. There might be some oils that can enhance cellular energy production, and that's things that we can look at, you know. Exactly. But at the same time, if that scent helps my kid anchor into a moment of comfort, that's what I wanted it for. Like, that's what I couldn't give her comfort in all moments. But I know that she smelled this smell when mama was holding her and we were having a good time. And then I was able to roll that scent on her in her last ICU stay. You know, like for me, that's what I like with that because it kind of takes the sciencey side of things and mixes it with the more like homeopathic aspect. Esoteric. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Well, but that's actually a really good point. So there are things that are really, really woo-woo as in like, ooh, read my child's aura, right? That's still not even that woo-woo, just so you guys all know. But that's like, that's like level two of woo-woo. Let's go level 10 and I'll really rock your world. But okay, so level one would be things like cranial sacral therapy, essential oils, acupressure. Reiki might be level two, maybe, because that's a pretty common thing now. But, you know, you do have things that you can begin dabbling with. I mean, cranial sacral, there's a, a little episode on, on For Our Special Kids, self-plug, basically that talks about There's a balance in cranial sacral where it's extremely scientific. Cranial sacral is very much based on how the bones are working in your system and allowing the cranial sacral fluid to flow, right? That's very scientific. And yet, Dr. Epledger, who he created the the concept of cranial sacral therapy because he was the first person to see cranial sacral fluid pulsing, that it had its own rhythm. But he also talks about the inner physician and the ability of our own person to heal ourselves, to know how to heal ourselves. And so 
cranial sacral is a great point to start dabbling in because it's a, a little bit of both. And I, I think that's easy. Those are easy things for people. And I think, too, for families like mine who have incredibly rare kids medically, there isn't a cure for my kid's disease. Quality of life is our biggest mm -hmm. push right now. You know, like there, there's no cure for this. And sometimes I think if only we pushed a little more with, I mean, there's no medicine for this. So should I be trying all these other things? And that's what I like about your podcast because it talks about all these other things that are not really spoken about that, sure, some of them are a little too much for me. Yeah. And if I went to my husband and said, hey, I think we should try this, he'd be like, okay, we're taking your microphone and headphones away. But <laughs> there are some things that, you know, why not think outside of the box? Our kids are rare. Why not try rare treatments mm -hmm. or less spoken about treatments? Yes. And one of the things in order for all of us to be better parents, I think it is our job to ask those questions of what's just a little different? Why do I have to follow the same path? I don't have the same kid as everyone else. Yeah. Right. Let me let me yeah. figure out a, maybe a couple of other things that we could try. And I love how you said quality of life. Your Benji and your Lorelai are in very different spaces than my daughter. Right. We're we are different mamas on different paths. And yet quality of life is the number one thing that all of us want. I want my child to be happy and have joy yeah. and to feel good. And, mm -hmm. and so this is the road that I've chosen. But that doesn't mean that I just jumped off the cliff and said, no more PT, no more OT. Right. No, 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 no. This is all a balance. And I think mm -hmm. it's really important to stress that is I'm not saying go off the deep end, but I am saying stick your toe in the water. Mm -hmm. And use it. Use it also. Yeah, also. And then. And then with that, too, though, before I dive into like how we prepare the world for for this, how. You know, we we're talking about all of this for our kids, for our special kids <laughs> plug. We're talking about this. People are going to be like, oh, my gosh, these two. This love fest they've got going. <laughs> but what about for us? Mm. Like, as moms, as caregivers, like, do you do anything? And I'm asking now kind of selfishly, do you do anything for yourself that's out of the box that helps you recharge? Because I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I'm like mentally tapped out. I'm always worried about my kid. And, mm -hmm. and I, it, it sounds like you live a magical life, but I guarantee you live the same kind of life as the rest of us medical and special needs moms. No, I actually am just perfect. Mm -hmm. yep. As you sit in your closet. <laughs> no. It, okay, so the first thing is screaming in my head right now is you're such a hypocrite in my head. I'm like, you're such a hypocrite, Jen. The reason I say that is because I don't do it enough. Right? I just don't. Mm -hmm. None of us no, do. Exactly. Do you think right. do you think I like rainbows and butterflies all the time either? No. Yeah, no. no. And and that's you know, the the tagline for for four special kids is is the magic and the mess. Right. So we're all mm -hmm. in this mess as well, as much as we're living in the magic. But so there are simple things that I do. I have learned that if I stop my brain from learning, that's when I get really sad and depressed and heavy. 
So for me, I need to enroll in a course every six months or so. And it might be an online course. It might be, you know, I I don't have time to go travel places and sit there for five days and learn things. So online is COVID was the best thing ever for most trainings because lots of things went online. So that's something that I know feeds me. And that's the difference, right? Self-care has to be just that for you, for yourself. You have to figure out what makes you sing. So I meditate every morning and I journal or do automatic writing. Those are things that I've realized I have to do. Now, I say every morning, except for when I don't want to wake up Teal because she's laying on me like this morning, right? And so I was present Mm -hmm. and I tried to ground and I tried to just calm my energy. And that was my meditation with Teal on me. Have I written in my journal today? No, haven't. But I try. I use a lot of essential oils and I don't even realize how often I use them. Like I use geranium every morning under my deodorant which doesn't have aluminum. Make sure none of your deodorants have aluminum, ladies. Okay. My sister's allergic to That's a great thing. That's so good that she's allergic. But so I'll use geranium. I'll put in the shower, I'll just put a drop of of oil in the shower corner, in the corner of the shower, and just Mm -hmm. breathe it in. So there's little things that you can do. I mean, heck, something as silly. When I fill my water bottle, I don't fill it at the sink anymore because we have the little contraption on our refrigerator and it takes longer. So when I fill it, I breathe. I just breathe. I don't hold my phone because I mean, how how many times aren't we like checking phone, filling up water bottle? All of a sudden there's water all over the floor and you're like, but okay, no, no, no. I put my phone down. I wait for that thing and it's a big water bottle and I breathe. So that's something just simple that we all can do. Breathe more. Speaking of which, let's take a breath. I was actually thinking when, when you were like, you know, you could put drops of oil in the corner of the shower. I was like, or I could take a shower. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I make a joke about that, but I, I often just don't have time for myself. And I do the drops of actually eucalyptus in the shower is my favorite. But I like once a week get to go have a long extended shower of just sitting and alone, not a quick two minute shower. But yeah, I can't remember the last time I had a long shower, like washing my hair. I'm going to start incorporating that. I'm just going to put it on the calendar. Long shower. My husband's like, is this going to be a long shower or is this going to be like a wash your hair and get out shower? I'm like, no, this is going to be like a 20 to 30 minute. <laughs> no. Oh, no, I love that. Just because it's the only place that I can go and have quiet time by myself. And yeah, oh. I, it's kind of my outlet. Oh, I'm the fastest shower, the fastest pooper, the fastest eater. I mean, if I need to be, right? Like, come on. My husband takes 45 minutes doing everything. All of the above. All. Yes. Check, check any box. I'll apply. Yeah. 45 minutes. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Right. So tell me about, I mean, we all know how difficult it is preparing the world for our medically complex special needs kids. And I've heard you speak a little bit about how you kind of walked in and you told your child's teacher, my kid is magical. Tell me about that and kind of how you have handled introducing Teal, whether it is because of her physical disabilities or because of her magical abilities. Like, how have you incorporated the world into her life and her into the world? Honesty. That's it. I am 
I am honest. That's how I prepare everybody. I just don't worry about what they are going to think. I worry about what my child needs, period. And so I lead with, yep, she has some physical issues and we're going to talk about that. But let me just tell you about my daughter because she's so much more than her physical disabilities. She is boom, 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 boom. And I just list them off and I tell them, you can write me up in the notes as a psycho crazy mom and that's totally fine. Because I am. But I want you to understand that you need to see the magic in her. Like I will tell them if you are, we just started summer school and I haven't even met these teachers, right? And I led with, I know she's verbalish. If you all of a sudden know something, if you all of a sudden think, oh, I think she wants to go over there or hmm, she wants this cup instead of that cup, go with it because she's telling you. She's telling you mm -hmm. telepathically. And they were like, oh, okay. I said, so just go with it. You know, and I, I don't know. They probably walked away and I don't know. I don't care. I just, I don't care. And I think that's where we have to just get over. What are people going to think of me? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. I like mm -hmm. me. And so when I lead with honesty and genuine heartfelt comments, they can feel it. Yeah. And so I, I think that is the number one thing. And we need to just talk about it more. Just talk about it more. Talk about all of it. Like we are all different for, and we all have different needs and we all have, you know, whether your child needs a weighted vest when he gets overwhelmed or whether your daughter needs five extra seconds to process something. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, hey, this is what my child does. I need you to be aware of that. And, you know, I mean, simple as that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I personally, it took me a while to figure out in this journey how to verbalize that to therapists and things. My Lorelai never went to school. She had a teacher that came homebound. And so to be able to talk to her teachers and be like, I know you're trying to do it this way, but you need to do it that way. It was very difficult for me to say that for too long. And I think that that's that it's something that you learn throughout this process, I think, too. Yes. It's also balancing. Again, I feel like I'm a broken record here, but it is also balancing the words that they need to hear as well. Right. So mm -hmm. I will say she's hypertonic. I will say, you know, she has trouble with controlling her tongue and her, and this is why she drools. And this is what we need to do with her for A, B and C. Mm -hmm. So I still talk that language with them. Right. I don't just go off the deep end of woo-woo, I still talk their language. And so it's reading your audience. It's understanding. Like, I don't need to tell certain people that stuff because mm -hmm. they don't want to hear that. But it is. It's reading your audience and understanding. I'm going to throw this in without hesitation. I'm going to just be proud of who this child is. And I want you to feel the pride that I have for her because she is way more than you see from this physical form. And it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful because so many of us early in the journey for me, you know, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no experience as in the disabled community. I, and I love that you don't discuss Teal's diagnosis because that's not the most important part of her. And I feel like 
if I say my child has XYZ, that teachers or the world automatically goes, oh, okay, that's their that's their purpose, that's their value. And I have struggled because I did that initially. Like, I can't be a special needs mom because, you know, just like I was saying before, we have just as much value as our kids in our own magical ways. You know what, though? The one thing that hit me as you were talking is the one thing that I don't mind people ever saying or putting me into a box is that I'm Teal's mom. I firmly agree. But like you can put me in the she is Lorelai and Benji's mom box, but I also don't want you to put me in the she's a special needs mom handle her this way box. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. However, I do think we need to be honest about. So I'll give you some examples. Teal Mm -hmm. did T-ball. Now, a little tricky for her to do T-ball because she's not walking and she really can't swing a bat and hit the ball. So we improvised, right? Well, I realized that there was this email or excuse me, a text string, right? Where everyone's like, okay, see you there. Okay, who's bringing snacks? Yada, yada, yada. And I realized that none of them understood why I couldn't be at or Teal couldn't be at every game. And instead of just saying, hey, guys, you know, Teal won't be there today. I started saying things like, hey, Teal's going to be going, you know, four and a half hours to get therapy in Sebastopol this whole week. So we won't be there. Now, there's a purpose for that. It's for them to start understanding that it is different being a mom to a child with special needs. And I wanted them to start realizing some of those things. Like when they're complaining about their child screaming too loud inside, I want to be like, listen, I would praise uptown Jesus, God, universe, Buddha, whomever, if I heard Teal just screaming words. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so there is this different life that we live. And so I'm not saying, yeah, put me in a box for pity. No, I'm not saying that. But that's what I was going to say. It's not for pity. Exactly. It's for education. Almost. Yes. It's put me in a box and then and then lift the box. Put that box yeah. on this amazing. What's that thing called? Pedestal. At a pedestal. Thank you. Right. And so it's this, it's a balance. Again, ugh, broken record. But it is. It's like I wanted them to understand that I am a mom that has a child with special needs. And that means. I can't just bring normal snacks, right? So you can't just bring chips and pretzels for my child. Can't. Like we're kind of in a box, but it's like a clear glass box. Sparkly. You and clear I. Box. Yes. It's I want a sparkly. sparkly. Mine's, mine's a little pink. I don't know about yours, but rainbow. mine's a little pink. Mine's rainbow. Um, rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah. But you know, like, and I feel like that's why you and I connect over doing podcasts too, because. Our primary goal at When Autumn Comes was to empower and encourage moms going through this life. Our secondary goal is to educate those outside of this community uh, just of what we feel, what we go through, how this works, and not to feel bad, but I didn't know anything about this community until I was thrown into it. So maybe if we all talked about it more, maybe if we all were more open, maybe if my box was more clear mm-hmm. than, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I asked for help more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if when someone <laughs> said, hey, can I grab something at the grocery store for you? Yes. Yes, you can. But I'll run. I'll run later when I find time. No. Yes. Yes. Can I help you put that into the overhead bin? Yes. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, I have one more question for you. 
I need to ask you the question. I know you have a question on your show too. So y'all have to go over there and hear what her question is because it's really, it's great. But Jen, what Mm. gives you hope? The first thing that came to mind, and it's so cheesy, it's teal. I know, so right? That was the first thing that came to mind. And then things like the sound of birds and water running through a stream and those things came to mind. It doesn't have to be this grandiose thing that gives you hope. I try to find joy and hope in as many moments as possible on this journey. And that is hard sometimes, right? Like when I am crying or exhausted or just being human. It's like, okay, where is something positive today? And and that gives me hope. I know that's a kind of a long-winded answer, but no, that's a great answer. Well, that's it, right? Just finding those yeah, moments. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Let's quickly, real quick, can you tell my listeners where they can find you? Yes, for our special kids. <laughs> Period. That's the tagline on everything or the whatever the, the handle on everything. www.forourspecialkids every Instagram, Facebook, the whole kit and caboodle. You can also email me directly if you have questions or if you have someone that we want that you think we should talk to on our show. If you've got a great medium or you've got a new therapy that maybe people don't even know about, you can email me at jen at forourspecialkids.com. And you do a little science and a little woo-woo. So you're also very open to like water therapy, things like, you know, that non-traditional therapies. Oh, Stuff like that. You should get like an equine therapist or I would love to hear an episode about how special needs kids connect with animals great idea that would be a really cool episode done anyone listening send me an equine a hippotherapy therapist equine therapy therapist send it jen at forourspecialkids.com and by the way your interview is fantastic on our side so please make sure that you guys pop over there and listen to Susan's story because I don't think you tell your story enough Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. So no matter how or who or God or the universe or whatever connected us, Jen, I'm so thankful for you. And I'm thankful that our podcasts can like be like friends or sisters or I don't know what we want to call them, but I think they should be related somehow. Thank you for being here. And everybody go check out Jen's pod. And, I mean, you kind of have to be a little open-minded for some of the stuff, but I love how she keeps one foot in the science and one foot in kind of the intuitive parenting. So go check her out. All of her information is in the show notes. And, yeah, Jen actually is coming back. We have a 4 a.m. that was not recorded with this. On Friday, come back because she's going backpacking in the woods and we recorded a conversation about it. So see you Friday.